Hello, hello. Welcome to episode nine of Think, Feel, Eat. I am Donna Reach, your teacher and your coach. I'm so glad that you have joined me today to learn about 10 ways that we can sit with or process food urges. So I'm going to quickly share the urge map. I'm going to come on here. If you're listening to it on iTunes, the urge map will be linked um, down at the bottom. But uh, for those of you who are on the video, here we go. I'm going to screen share my urge map for a minute here. Okay, I want to review, first of all, a little bit about uh, the about, about urges in general, before we talk about the 10 ways to sit with them. So the last couple of weeks, episodes um, seven and eight, we learned what urges are and we learned ways that we can handle them, ways that we can manage them. And um, first of all, we have to acknowledge the fact that we have to have something in place in our lives that we have urges away from, okay? You can't have an urge for something if you are not denying it. All right, so if we have no mechanisms in place for measuring, you move what you measure, we have no mechanisms in place for um, uh, our, to see how we're doing, we have no measurements in place to see if we even met our goal, then we don't have anything to have urges from, right? So if we have no food, uh, plan, we have no eating plan, we have no time plan, we have no amounts plan, then to say, I just gave in to an urge of ice cream, wouldn't be true because you can't have an urge for ice cream unless ice cream is off your protocol. Otherwise, it's just, you're allowed to have it, right? Okay, so the first thing that we have to accept when we learn all about urges and how to sit with them and how to allow them is that we have to learn, let me check my sound over here real quick. We have to learn um, steps when we learn good. all about Okay, good. We have to learn that uh, we have to have a protocol. So we make a protocol for ourselves, any kind of protocol. It really doesn't matter what your protocol is. You're gonna make a protocol, and I'm gonna teach about that in Weight Loss Lifestyle in coming weeks. But you make a protocol around a certain plan that you think will yield your results. So let's say that your protocol is um, time. You eat for five hours, you eat for six hours every day. Let's say that your protocol is for foods that you eat uh, very low carb or very low fat, or you count Weight Watchers points, or you only eat real food, or you don't eat flour and sugar, or you only eat paleo or whatever it might be. And then your amounts, you determine, okay, I'm eating three times a day. I'm eating a meal, then I'm eating a snack, then I'm eating a meal, or I'm eating a meal, a meal and a dessert, whatever that might be, a snack, a meal, and a dessert if you're OMAD, uh, which is, you know, a little misleading because you're still eating three times. But anyway, OMAD divided up into three, right? OMAD over three. I have some teaching about that at DonnaReach.com. Okay, so then you have a protocol. Then guess what? An urge is anything outside of that. So now you know what an urge is, right? You, you will have an urge for something that is not on there. Either it'll be off time, it'll be off food plan, or it'll be off amounts. All right, and this is why in future teaching too, I'm going to teach you to write ahead of time, decide ahead of time. I've taught it in a, you know, a lot throughout, but I'm going to have just a lesson on that, on deciding ahead of time 
for your food for the next day. I'm trying to keep from sneezing here. Okay, so an urge is anytime you're tempted to eat off, pro, off time, off food, or off amount. Okay, so and unless it's one of those, you're not having an urge. All right, so now we know what an urge is and we know how to recognize it. So then in comes our urge map. And we have three choices really. And the, with the fourth choice being what we would like to attain to at some point. So, uh, and I went over this whole map last week, so I'm not gonna go over the whole thing now, but we can give in to urges and feel defeated, right? We will have a net negative consequence as a result. We'll gain weight, we won't lose weight, we'll feel bloated, we'll feel bad, we will um, feel stuffed, we will feel gassy, whatever it might be, okay? But we have net negative consequences. Um, or we can give in, uh, or we can white knuckle it. And this is in willpower, this is weight loss lifestyle number 60 and 61, okay? White knuckling, We're using willpower here, which is limited, okay? We stay strong, et cetera, et cetera, but guess what? We have continual urges and we continue to need manufactured willpower that we're gonna run out of. So watch 60 and 61 everything that I taught about willpower. Okay, we, we, we can't rely on it, guys. We cannot rely on willpower for all of these food urges. All right, and then the other one is to sit with them. And that's what I'm going to be teaching about primarily tonight, okay? You sit with urges, the urge passes, and guess what? Our urges are reduced. All right, and then eventually we wanna get over here where we have, where we don't have our many food urges at all where they're very controlled because we've done this sitting with, letting it pass, et cetera, et cetera, long enough that we no longer have um, so many urges all the time. And of course, I've explained that before, but that's when you hear people say, I used to just have to have you know, everything all the time, this, 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 and this. And I think about myself, oh my word, the things that I used to eat. you know, And I, I don't eat perfectly now. I eat some form of chocolate almost every day. So, but it's in my protocol. I've decided it ahead of time and so forth. It's not like I have this um, whole 30 lifestyle, right? But I am eating what it takes to maintain my current weight and hopefully to lose some more as well. And which is very important right now. During the coronavirus, I just wanna encourage you to eat what it'll take not to gain for a while. If you, are, if you don't be so extreme that you feel like I either eat perfectly and I lose weight or forget it, it's the virus and quarantine, I'm, I'm gonna just forget it and gain. Okay, there is somewhere in between those two, right? And those of us who want everything right now and those of us who you know, want to do everything perfectly often don't want to fall in the middle, but we need to fall in the middle, right? We need to fall in the middle because it's way better than gaining the Corona 15. So just fall in the middle, just fall where, I'm not going to be an extreme weight lo loser right now, but I'm also not going to gain. My husband and I say this to ourselves, to each other every day. All we have to do is stay right where we are or just slip down a little bit. And we, we weigh you every morning and we tell each other that. We say, we're not doing some grandiose thing right now, right? And maybe that's where you need to be too, because it's a whole lot better than gaining 15 pounds over this three month quarantine or whatever, depending on what state you live in, right? I hope you're all staying healthy and well. I want really good things for you and your families. Okay, so that's what an urge is. Now, that's how an urge takes place. It's when you eat off of one of those things. Now, what is an urge? 
An urge is an over-desire for something, okay? In our case, we're talking about food urges. So an urge is an over-desire for food that is not on our food plan, not on our time plan, or not on our amount plan, okay? Now, over-desire for food is so strong Granted, it's not as strong as um, like addictions to say pornography for some people or addictions to nicotine or um, substance abuse, that kind of thing. But it's very, very, very strong, right? And I've often heard it said, well, you know, people who have food urges, or food addictions, so to speak, I, I, I'm kind of back and forth on that because I don't want to minimize somebody's real true addiction but a lot of times food addictions, food urges do feel like addictions, don't they? So with that, people say, well, people who have uh, other urges, they get rid of them by staying away completely. So you stay away completely from alcohol. You stay away completely from nicotine. You stay away completely from porn. You stay away completely from opioids or whatever it might be. But with food urges, we always have to be with food. And I've talked about this before, but that's why the 12-step programs and Bright Line Eating, and even my coach to a certain extent, she does allow one fun food a week, uh, or recommends no more than one fun food a week. But that's why those programs have absolutely no trigger foods in them. Because they're saying, let's treat this like alcohol, let's treat this like drugs, and while we can't get away from all food, we can get away from all addictive foods. And so they have a very strict list of foods and they only eat those and their addictions and their desires and things go away eventually. My problem with that is that I don't see very many people staying on that for life. And we have all seen people who have done extreme measures to lose weight and then they didn't stay with it. I mean, I've been losing weight for, you know, a decade or more and at least I stuck with it. Right. I mean, you know, it's, I, I haven't given up because it hasn't been such an extreme, uh, it's been gradual and I, you know, me, I developed my habits, right? And that made a difference. Okay, so an urge is an over-desire for something. Now, it's important to note that an urge is a feeling in the body, right? We want something and if we start to want it, we feel anticipation or excitement or whatever, if we try to tell ourselves no, we will, we will feel disappointment or deprivation or some feeling like that. Now, this was really hard for me to wrap my head around because I wanted to say, and I did say in, in coaching sessions, I did say, um, you know, I just don't like that many foods. I just don't like that many different things, right? My hair's getting worse. I've been videotaping all day because I've been recording things for myself students, my school students, as well as my fasting students. So um, we want to say, no, you know, no, you don't understand. This is not, this doesn't have anything to do with emotions. It doesn't have anything to do with emotional eating. I just feel this way because I don't like that many foods and I only like certain things. Okay. That's, that's what I wanted to say because I seriously have a palate of a 10 year old. I don't know why I never developed any very many desires for healthy and, and um, non-processed foods. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. It happened, and I, and I did develop a lot of taste for fast foods and taste for um, processed foods. 
And even though I raised a large family and we didn't, you know, eat out all the time and, you know, buy a lot of junk food, we made a lot of food. We made a lot of food with sugar and fat and flour, right? We, we baked all the time, all the time. My daughter baked for us all the time. And so I, um, that satisfied my desire for sugar, fat, and flour. So I wanted to say, no, 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 no. It's not a feeling. It's not emotional eating. There's nothing wrong. It's just, it's just, that's what I want to eat. We will be able to sit with our urges when we understand that an urge is a feeling. And so it is usually emotional eating because we don't want to feel the emotion that we're having at that moment. Now, maybe it's nothing deep, dark, and secretive. Maybe it's just, of course I want this. Everybody wants this. Everybody loves dove chocolate. You know, everybody, I should get to have this. Maybe it's just deprivation. Maybe it's nothing like really, really, you know, like this huge, deep feeling, okay? So um, we have to understand that it urges a feeling. Okay, that is the sensation in the body. Now, those of us, most of us have experienced a lot of feelings in our lives, right? And we've had like, you know, mild feelings like indifference. You know, my husband put his chili in the microwave and I wanted to put my corn in the microwave. That happened a little bit ago. And it was like, hmm, didn't you see I was getting ready to put corn in there? All right, no big deal. It's a slight feeling, a little bit of annoyance. He didn't see it, whatever, right? All the way over to the deepest grief. And you've heard me talk about this before right? The deepest, darkest grief, right? And some of us have had varying degrees of grief. Some have had very, very deep, dark griefs. I'm, I'm praying for somebody who just lost a father, mother, and brother to the coronavirus that I saw on Facebook. So deep, dark grief, right? And so, you know, we have this, this array of feelings. We have this, you know, sort of not really a, um, a, a spectrum. I hesitate to call it a spectrum of feelings because then that assumes that my feeling is worse than yours and his is worse than ours. And I think everybody's feelings are their own and they are felt, you know, deeply by, by everybody. I don't think that we, I don't really want a spectrum of grief where I say mine is, a spectrum of feelings where I say mine is worse than yours. But those of us who have been on the end of grief, we know that that's like one of the worst, right? Um, you know, humiliation can feel very bad, but grief um, can feel deathly sometimes. I know I, I, thought, I thought I was going to die different types of grief. You know, just, I just assumed that as bad as I hurt, that, you know, this would lead, I would just, I would just die from this. There's no way you can recover from grief. And when, when you, when you're in the middle of it, you feel that way. So an urge is a feeling, not anything like grief, not anything that strong, but it is a sensation in the body that we don't want. We don't want to say no to another piece of candy. We don't want to say no to, you know, some people glass of wine, some people, you know, um, second helpings. We don't want to say no that our window is closed, right? We don't want to. So we have this sensation. We have this feeling in our body. So um, that is why we buffer. I talked about that last week with food. So we take in the food so we don't have to feel the feeling. So whatever the feeling is, we don't want to feel it. So we take it in. So the problem is, of course, as I described before, that we cannot white knuckle. We cannot, um, we can for the short term, right? 
But if we want this to become a lifestyle, we cannot rely on willpower. We know there's not enough of it. We know it's, it's not always able to be manufactured. Um, we know we run out of it. We know that food is sometimes stronger than willpower. So the best way is to learn to sit with our urges. The best way is to learn to allow them to process them for what they are. And as we do this, instead of having to manufacture willpower every time, we will have fewer and fewer urges over time. Like I think about my urges now and oh my word, there's so much less. I'm getting ready to tell you about the urge jar from my coach. And when I first started that last May and I was had so many urges all the time. That was only one year ago that I just, I look back and I'd already been fasting for two years or a year and a half. Yeah, a year and a half. I'd already been fasting for a year and a half. I don't know exactly, but something like that. And I had been, you know, reducing sugar a lot and stuff. And I still had so many urges, right? So the process for sitting with urges can be different for different people. But if you can develop some sort of protocol, some sort of method that you are ready for urges, that you are ready to encounter them, you're ready to process them, you're ready to sit with them, as opposed to always relying on willpower, okay? And remember, this mind, thought, you know, mind management, thought management, feeling, um, thought work, combined with our understanding that if we can give in fewer times, if we can process, if we can sit with urges more frequently, and that means we're not giving into them, then the instances will stretch out and we will be able to have fewer urges in the long run, which is a way better goal than just trying to white knuckle them all the time. Okay, so I have 10 ways that uh, we can learn to sit with urges. Okay, number one is to make your why stronger. I've been working on this one um, because I thought my why was really strong. It was to be an example, to build a weight loss business, to help a lot of people um, with my information and stuff that I knew. Um, and I think it's because I've always felt like your why should be noble or it should be lofty. And so to me, you know, helping people, changing lives, you know, that kind of thing, that was very compelling to me because I always felt like, you know, your why should be really compelling. And, you know, it's only after listening to Brooke, um, uh, Brooke Castillo, the coaching program that I'm in, Self-Coaching Scholars, that I realized that it's okay for me to have my why be, I want to wear size six, anything. I want to walk into a store. I want to wear sleeveless. I want to pick out, I want to look at a dress in the catalog. I want to say, hmm, I want that. And I want it to look a certain way. And it's okay if that's your why. Your why has got to be, so I'm still working on mine, but your why has got to be strong enough that it helps you overcome food urges. Now that's not going to be our only tool in the tool belt, right? Um, because if that were the case, anybody who ever wanted to get healthier to turn their diabetes around so they wouldn't take medicine, they would lose weight immediately, right? If it was just, you just used your why and that was it, 
right? So we know that that's not going to work by itself, but in conjunction with other things, that can be extremely helpful. All right, number two, set a timer for 10 minutes every single time. All right, some people swear by this, and you know me and my timer cubes. I do love my timer cubes. I use them every day. I just used them for my last 60 minutes of my fast. I was having some trouble um, because I ate later last night uh, because we were working on some things and I didn't get to eat my dinner until like 8.30 or 9. And that's very unusual for me. So then that meant I wanted to go later today to get my 18 hours in. So I actually set this for 60 minutes, put it beside me, made a list of the things I was going to do for that 60 minutes. Then I did it. It worked. So I love my timer cubes. But this is a 10-minute process. And um, what uh, people swear by, people who do this swear by, they set a timer for 10 minutes um, every single time. So with this, they just set a timer knowing that at the end of the 10 minutes, they will have whatever it is that they want if they still want it. Okay. Now this can be very good, a very good bridge step, you know, or a ladder step, as I like to call this, um, or a um, playground monkey bar step. Okay, this can be a good ladder or monkey bar step because it's deferment, right? And I think that's what really um, has drawn a lot of us to intermittent fasting to begin with, right? Was that, that deferment factor, the fact that we get to defer eating, but we're still going to get to. Okay, I think that with my chocolate. I think, you know, I have a little chocolate every day. It's a little under my protocol. And um, I think to myself, I can have it tomorrow, all right? So it's that whole deferment. We're gonna defer it, like you defer payments, you know, you defer them out. I think that's happening right now in the government. We're deferring our taxes out by a few months. That just means we're, we're deferring, pushing it out later. So the 10 minutes, you sit with it and telling you, knowing that you can go ahead and have that if you want to at the end of the 10 minutes. And maybe through that 10 minutes, you know, we thought like maybe I wanted more chocolate. I already had my little doves. I had these little teeny doves. Um, or sometimes I'll have my skinny chocolate in the freezer that I made uh, that's sugar-free. But I could say, okay, I've already had my, my little doves. I can't have them anymore today. I set the time for 10 minutes. Okay, during that 10 minutes, I'm not going to, okay, I don't think I'm going to have it. I'm going to have this instead. So I'm going to make myself a peanut butter cracker and just be done with it. Whatever, but you can, that gives you some time to bargain with yourself. It gives you some time to talk to yourself and to make plans to do something different or to go ahead and plan to have that if you still want it at the end of the 10 minutes. Okay, number three is a 90 second, um, 90 second process. And this one is a little bit different. I use this one a lot. Um, and this is where you count backwards from 90 seconds. Okay. So it's not so much for thinking and processing because you're kind of, your mind is kind of busy with counting. Um, but it is, it's just like getting away. I'm just going to go out. I'm going to walk. Usually I just walk around 90 seconds, just count backwards, 90, 89, 88, 87, 86, 85, 84, 3, 82. And it just removes you from food for a little bit, right? Sometimes we just need a little barrier. We just need a little nudge. Sometimes it doesn't have to be a grandiose, you know, thing. It can just be count, just going to count and see what happens. Um, and you can do the 90 seconds with the plan to eat after that, or you can do the 90 seconds with the plan to do another 90 seconds. Um, the, I think that the plan to eat it um, 
after your time goes is up is better with the 10 minute because i think that once you get by the 10 minutes you can get you know you know bypass your craving for it so much better the 90 seconds for me is more like a distraction right and i don't usually use these specifically for my fast i usually use like um something else like a like at the 60 minute timer in my list of four tasks i'm going to do in 60 minutes or you know like today i had to write um for email uh emails for my um help your kids with school webinar so i had to write four emails to that i knew that they would take over an hour so i just listed those out and set my timer so um i usually use something a little bit different for keeping my fast Keeping the fast to me is not nearly as hard, like especially when you get to the end, it's not nearly as hard as saying no to food, right? Because the fast, you know, you're gonna get to eat pretty soon. The, the saying no to a craving, you're saying, you're trying to say no for that whole day, you know, or, you know, until it's time, if it's out of your time or whatever. Okay, number four is to journal. Um, my coach has something called the recovery worksheet. Um, but I like the idea of um, just dating the journaling page and just put, you know, urge for blank at the top and then just write, just take a journal, go to your bedroom, go to the lazy girl chair, get away, turn on some music, whatever, and just write. Um, I feel like I deserve this. I'm really tired of eating so many fruits and vegetables in order to lose weight. Um, you know, a lot of other people eat whatever they want. That's, a, that's what we always want to say, right? So just jot those things down, just journal them. You can set a timer. Uh, so you're just urge journaling, right? And it's okay if you say, this isn't fair. You know, I don't like feeling this way. I don't like this feeling of deprivation. I don't like this feeling of disappointment. I don't like this feeling of, um, of, uh, denying, you know, it's okay to write that. All right. Number five, urge chat. There's an app available called Marco Polo, and it is where you just um, face kind of FaceTime back and forth with somebody. Of course, there's also just um, Facebook Messenger, Facebook Messenger um, video, uh, which uh, my husband uses that for some of his students now that we're homebound. He uses Facebook Messenger, um, Facebook Messenger video. So he can talk and they can talk back and forth. You can do that. I'm pretty sure the Marco Polo app is, is one that you don't need as much uh, uh, video um, internet. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you go into those programs and you have to be really, have really good internet and stuff. But Marco Polo is an app that you, that you can use easily to chat with somebody. Um, or text back and forth. Um, so this is where you have an urge partner. And with an urge partner, you are telling each other that, you know, I'm going to text you and see if you're available for Marco Polo, or I'm going to text you when I am having an urge. Now, um, I have another friend who is going into weight loss. She's going into a different kind of life coaching than I am, but um, we're both in the same program, self-coaching scholars. And so we'll text each other in the mornings, you know, how are you feeling, you know, and she's going through a different program than I am because I'm building businesses and she is um, going through the, um, where, where you get, um, you get hired by a company to be a life coach, whereas I'm doing my own, but she is, but we're texting each other. That's kind of the same idea. How are you feeling? Are you feeling strong? You know, did you do models, you know, on it? How are you, 
how are you approaching today kind of thing. And so it would be the same idea, but you're doing with food urges instead. Number six, what happened to number six? There it is. All right. Um, this, there are two different ways to talk to yourself. Okay. And one is to talk to yourself about feelings of urges in general. And the next way is to talk to the urge itself. So I'm going to separate these out because the first one is talking to yourself about feelings in general. Some of us are so afraid of feelings and I used to be so afraid of feelings. I didn't want to feel sad. I didn't want anything bad to happen because I didn't want that sadness. I didn't want that heaviness. I didn't want to feel, you know, bad about things. I wanted to be happy, right? We all want to be happy. And so if you've been listening to Think, Feel, Eat, you know that the very first episode I talked about 50, the 50-50 lie. And so talking to your feelings, you know, the 50-50 life means that 50% of our lives are good and 50% are bad. We are in the middle of a pandemic. It's very bad, right? This is not the good part, right? And um, so with the feel, with talking to your feel, talk to yourself about your feelings, you are saying, um, this is nothing more than a feeling. I can sit with feelings. I know this is just a feeling. Nothing bad is going to happen to me if I don't eat. Feelings do not hurt. They're not, you know, they, they hurt for a short time, but there's nothing, you know, there's no long term. I'm not going to die from it. I'm not going to get sick or be hospitalized. Feeling is a feeling and I can feel it. So that is different than talking to the urge itself. So sometimes with this, um, I, when I first started doing this, I would just like bury my head in my arms and I would just sit there and say, feelings are just feelings. These urges, urges are just feelings. They can't hurt me. I can handle feelings. I can handle negative emotion, negative feelings. I can handle those, right? And this is good for somebody who really just never wants to have any kind of feelings or never wants to have, never wants to experience them. They always want them to be either, you know, buffered with scrolling or media or food or alcohol or something instead of feeling them. And so I think that the, the beauty of this is that you are acknowledging every time I have feelings, feelings are fine. I know what feelings do. I know that I can make it. Okay, the next one is um, talking to uh, your urges. Now, I had this really uh, fun example of this because my um, son-in-law, um, oh, I know what it was, my, my grandbaby, she's two and a half, and uh, one of her uncles, one of my sons, always likes to scare her and act like a tiger because she acts so brave all the time, and then she's just like, you know, and she's all upset. Um, so she, when my son acts like a tiger to her, his niece, my son-in-law will tell her uh, that um, to say hi. So Jonathan will come up to her and I'm a tiger, Sophie. And, and Will will say, Sophie, tell the tiger hi. Tell the tiger hi. Because otherwise she's you know scrolling, she's pushing back and stuff. And he's and and this she he also does this at the zoo. Tell the tiger hi, tell the lion hi, you know. And um, so she'll say, so he'll sit there with her and he'll say, you know, it's okay, just tell the tiger hi, you know, to, to Jonathan. And she'll say, hi, tiger. 
and then Jonathan will roar again and, and will say, Sophie, say hi, Tiger. It's good to see you. Hi, Tiger. It's good to see you. It's so stinking cute. Of course, we all think our grandkids are the best, right? Um, so we can do the same thing with our urges, right? It's just a tiger. It's a play tiger. <laughs> it's not a real tiger or else it's a lion behind the glass at the zoo and it can't get to us, right? So we know that he's just not a real tiger and he's not going to hurt us. So we can do the same thing with our urges, you know, and um, like I said, this is different than telling yourself that feelings are okay. So um, I think they both have their place. But uh, with this one, we um, say, you know, hi there, urge. I knew you'd be here soon. Um, I've st I still have two more hours of my fast, so go ahead and have a seat. It'll be a while, you know. <laughs> or um, hi, I knew you'd be here soon, and um, I'm not afraid. Have a seat. It's going to be a while. Or hi, urge. I see that you're back. Um, I'm really not eating that right now, but you're welcome to stay if you'd like. Or um, welcome, urge. Did you come to try to get me to eat when I'm done and full? I'm really finished, but make yourself at home if you'd like. So we are simply saying to the urge that we are controlling it, not the urge, right? And um, just like Sophie says, hi, tiger, hi, tiger, knowing that the tiger really can't hurt her, right? And we know that our urges can't hurt us either. All right, so now I want to talk about after you sit with an urge. Okay, so after you sit with an urge and you have made it, you didn't white knuckle, you didn't like last week when I talked about how I put my fingers in my ears and I hold it so tightly because the alarm will not quit going off where I teach and it's so loud and we just try to buffer against it. We put our, he our hands, our head on the desk. We put our ear, plug our fingers in our ears. Or we run out to a different part of the hallway so it's not as loud as it is in our room, right? All of those things where we are having to, um, you know, try to get away from, try to manufacture willpower, try to do something to strive against it. So instead of that, we are sitting, right? So all of these things that I've described so far today are ways to sit with an urge. All right, so um, my coach came up with this uh, idea and it's really funny because she's very intelligent and savvy and people were teasing her about it. You know, why, why do you have little gems in a jar and so forth? But I will say that it has helped me a lot. The first time when I first started using it last May, I didn't really find it that effective. I just don't think I was ready for it. I wasn't, I was still white knuckling urges so badly. Um, uh, like now I will have like sugar and stuff in the house, but it's very pre-measured and very um, planned and defined. Whereas um, then I was still, you know, going through drive throughs and getting things and getting gas station donuts and, and things like that a lot. Um, I just kept stretching out my instances of those highly palatable foods to where I would have them less. And now I know that the flour sugar fat combination is like the worst. So I will just have a little candy or something instead of that whole, you know, big donut or, you know, a big sundae or something like that. So, but here is, this is what is called the urge jar. And we have beads like these, and you can get these um, after the quarantine, you can get these at uh, Walmart or um, Hobby Lobby or Dollar Tree even. And uh, what she was having us do, and this is actually doesn't have very many gems in it because I just finished filling it with all 100 yesterday. And no, it was today, Thursday, so it was Monday. I just finished filling it with all 100. 
put them all back in my little baggie and then I started doing it again. So what it is with the urge jar and anything, so I have urge rings, I'm gonna explain those to you in just a minute. But with the urge jar or with anything, you can keep a tally on a piece of paper. The good thing about the urge jar is it's a physical uh, movement. And that really, I don't know, you know, I, I was really doing something. I was dropping it into the jar. So with the urge jar, if you have an urge and you sit with it. Now, this is why I wasn't so great at it a year ago when I first did it. You sit with it. You don't bite knuckle it. You don't fight it. You don't carry on. You don't sweat. You don't uh, squeeze your palms together. You don't furrow your brow. You just like, I urge. You're here. Um, yep, I am not going to have that now. I've already had my treat today. So I am just going to keep right on going. And my plan says that um, later on, I'm going to have uh, a baked potato and a grilled cheese. So I will just wait for that. And that's fine. I'm just fine. So when we do that, then we put a jar in because we sat with or we, we um, uh, processed an urge. We didn't struggle. We didn't overcome it. We didn't overtake it. We just learned to, I forgot that one. I forgot the breathing one. That was the 10th one. I knew there was another one that I wasn't getting on my list today. Deep, deep breathing. Three in and out. I like to do um, uh, in through the nose, out through the mouth. Some like to do in and out, both of the nose. But anyway, it's very, um, very similar to yoga breathing right? Um, you want them to be equal. So you want to fill your lungs. You want the in breath to be as long as the out breath. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. I forgot that one. Okay. So you have processed an urge. You did one of those things. You did deep breathing. You talked to the urge. You took night walk for 90 seconds and counted backwards. You set the timer for 10 minutes. You, um, you know, you can distract yourself. But if you distract yourself, like go turn on something or something like that, then you're not sitting, you're distracting. And what if you can't distract yourself, right? So learning to sit will be a little better. Okay, so you've done it. So you put in a, a, a bead in. You do it again, you put a bead in. Every night I have an urge to get up and eat something after I'm already in bed. And the next morning I come out and put a bead in because I did not do that. Uh, that's been happening a lot during the virus to me. I don't know if that's been happening to you guys or not, but just a lot. Like I'll be done eating at eight and by 10 or 1030, I'm like, Ooh, I should get in tomorrow's chocolate. I should get some out, right? Nope. So I just put it in. Okay. All right. So anytime you process, sit with an urge instead of, and what, and like with it, 10 minutes later, you have another urge, you put another jar in, another bead in. Okay. And then you fill this up. And I was really happy Monday that this was so full because a year ago, like I said, I wasn't sitting with them anymore. And I was, you know, the three choices, give in, white knuckle, sit with, I was giving in and white knuckling most of the time. So it didn't really fill up, fill up very fast. And now um, I don't have as many urges, but I process them most of the time. I mean, I'd say at least 80% of the time. I just process that urge. I just sit with it. I do one of those techniques and I just let it go. All right, so that is the urge jar, okay? 
And again, you can do anything with that. You can make tick marks on a boogie board on your refrigerator, um, you know, whatever. Now I have another idea for um, not being at home, which isn't a problem right now because we're all homebound, at least in Indiana. Uh, but the, I call these my urge rings and I don't use them because I, um, am at home most of the time. I work, I work from home, so I'm home all the time. And my kids come here, my grandkids come here. I record here, I teach here. This is, this is my home base. I do have two locations that I go to to teach two days a week. But okay, so these are urge rings. Now these are just like a little stacking set of rings. I think they cost 10 bucks or 12 bucks on Amazon, something like that. Um, I'll put a link because I did have um, my daughters wear these um, silicone, colorful, comfortable wedding rings. You can get a stack of those for like eight bucks or something. And they're just silicone and they wear them to the Y to work out when they don't want to wear their wedding band to work out in. And you could also use those. So I actually got this idea because I used to wear these rings, this very set right here. I got it. I think I got these for 10 bucks at Kohl's. But I used to wear them all the time on this hand right here on my left hand. And whenever I would want to remember something, I call these my remember rings then. Whenever I would want to remember something, like I was driving down the road and I wanted to remember, you know, when I got home to post that video for my group, my weight loss group. So I would be driving down the road and I would be afraid I'd forget it. So I'd move it over to my other hand. And that's why I called them my remember rings. Now, sometimes you've had three or four of them, you couldn't remember what all that was, but then, you know, I could stop and write it down or whatever. Now, I don't use these because I use my reminders on my phone all the time, so I don't use these reminder rings anymore, but that's where I first got them. So with this, you would, um, you could have, you could have something on the go, right? So even if you're working or whatever, you would have your urge rings, so to speak, and you would just move every time you had it, every time you sat with or processed an urge, you just move it over to the other hand. If you did another one, you know, throughout the day while you're at work, you would just move another one over. And then when you got home, you could record it somewhere, you could write it in your journal, or you could move your beads over then. All right, there are 10 ways to process and sit with urges. I think the, the bottom line uh, takeaway for us is that if we learn that feelings are okay, and that most of them aren't too terrible. And the ones that are too terrible, we can also learn to live with, even though it's very hard. And feelings like urges and feelings like, you know, indifference or boredom or restlessness or deprivation or denying, all these feelings that we're having right now, especially, we can just learn to sit with them. We can journal them, we can chat them, we can talk to them, we can talk to ourselves, we can um, breathe, we can count, we can time, we can do things to learn to sit with and process our urges. So thank you so much for joining me on Think, Feel, Eat number nine. This is the end of the month. It's actually the beginning of the new month, which means the first Monday of the month is intermittent fasting course time. So be sure to hop on over to the intermittentfastingcourse.com and sign up for April's course. I will see you in the Facebook group or in your classroom if you join me. Thanks a lot.